Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only color fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. With Jordan Canellis on SEN, your home of sport. Sounds of the last kick of the game in the 2017 VFL Premiership where Ben Lennon had a shot at goal after the siren for Richmond to try and win them the game. He missed and Port Melbourne won the flag in the VFL. That was their last VFL Premiership just a couple of seasons ago. The coach who's been there now and he's uh, led them to many finals campaigns is uh, one of the AFL's greats, Gary Ayres, who's with us here on SEN this Sunday night. Welcome to SEN, Gary. Yeah, no problem, Jordan. Thanks for having me on. Uh, memories from, from that day at, uh, at Marvel Stadium? What do you remember from uh, from your last flag? <laughs> well, when you had that little grab, it certainly does bring back memories. And probably my first thought was watching Ben Lennon kick for goal and thinking, gee whiz, we've done all this work. How are we going to explain, I guess, the last couple of minutes of the match and we'd hung in there and... Of course, I tell you what, I was certainly leaning uh, any which way I could, right or left, to try and see whether I could actually get it to go through for a point. So, <laughs> thankfully, it did. And I remember seeing a few of the defenders just behind the goal line there. And, of course, they started jumping up and down with joy and exhilaration and happiness and everything else. And then I just got mobbed and uh, then ran on the ground. And, of course, we're all very, very happy, Jordan. So, uh, yeah, that was... An amazing year, amazing premiership, and to think that our game can be played for 120 minutes and it comes down to that one last kick. So very, very happy that we're on the right side and there was a lot of people that sacrificed a lot that year. And I remember saying back at the the event centre at Port Melbourne that that was the people's premiership because a lot of people had sacrificed money and time and everything else. And to see us win, it was certainly uh, well warranted, I thought, in the end because of what the players and coaches and supporters had been through the year before. And now we're just over a month away from the start of a new VFL season coming up in uh, on the 19th of April, I believe, is the opening game. So not far away now, five weeks off. It's a 22-team league this season, so it's, it's going to be the biggest uh, and the largest, I guess, uh, footy competition, at least across the top two divisions of, of footy. The AFL's 18 now usurped, I guess, by the VFL with 22 teams and the new clubs from the New South Wales and, um, and Queensland reserve sides, Gold Coast, Brisbane, GWS and the like, plus Aspley and Southport. Carlton have their own reserves team. The Northern Bull Ants are standalone once again. It's uh, it's quite the mountain you'll have to climb for not only yourselves, but any VFL team looking to win the flag this season. Yeah, that's true, Jordan. You probably summed it up pretty well. Obviously, we have got the 22 teams, as you mentioned, and 
we've only got 16 games, so we don't get to play everyone once. And I guess from an intel or tracking point of view, there's a little bit more work involved because you may not play a side at all during the home and away, but mm. then, of course, you come up against them in the finals. So it would be pretty important to have a little bit of background on what they're doing and a little bit of knowledge. So, But, look, I think it's very exciting. I guess the overriding thing in all this is that the VFL never got underway at all last year. So it's almost, I think, 12 months to this weekend that we actually were told that our season was finished. And I know the boys are pretty excited about our upcoming practice game against Williamstown next weekend. And then, as you mentioned, in before the, the season opener. So uh, I don't know how the fixture is going to land at this stage, but I do know that it looks like we'll be travelling round one and coming up against uh, Aspley in the first round. So that I do know. But outside that, I'm not really clear on uh, anything else at this stage. Just on the on the 16 game season, so it's a 19 19 rounds, but 16 games that you play within the 19 rounds. So that means you will miss out on on playing almost uh, a third or around about a third of the teams in the competition. Um, really, so does that is it a little strange that you that you won't be playing some of these teams? Do you think it would it have just been simpler from your perspective to have you know 21 games against the other 21 teams? Yeah, I think it would have been simpler because I guess what you're used to in the past and because of the way our competition has been, we didn't play everyone twice, so there'd only be a handful of teams that we would play twice and the other teams you would play once. But bearing in mind, we are coming out of a a COVID pandemic, so I guess the, the 19 weeks gives the VFL a little bit of leeway if anything was to happen. Hopefully it doesn't and we can do what we have to do to adjust on the fly, I guess. But, no, what I've sort of found in the VFL, to be honest, Jordan, is it's very much a week-by-week thing anyway, month-by-month, because Mm. we can do our intel and look at the upcoming opposition, especially the AFL line clubs, and you might be certainly circling a few of their better players, and then they might then be picked for their AFL club. So, of course, that sort of information that you've done or, uh, I guess, researched is no longer there. So, again, I've always felt that it's very much about us as a team and what we're doing well and what we can improve on. So if you probably had a ratio of 100%, we probably work on 90 to 95% us and another 5% on the opposition. And that's not to disrespect them, but they're the things that we can control. We can't necessarily control what the opposition do. What about the impact of travel? So having to go into state now is a is a new uh, a new adventure, I guess, for all of the Victorian clubs. How will that have to? How's that going to factor in, I guess, to having to travel uh, interstate and, and how that affects your scheduling and organising your, your playing group and coaches to be able to travel across the weekend? Is is that going to be a huge impact? Is it going to be a roadblock in, in some circumstances? No, I wouldn't have thought it's a roadblock. I guess it comes back to whether you want to be going out on the day of the game, which I believe a lot of the AFL teams did last year, or whether there's some possibility of maybe flying out a little bit later, say on that Friday early evening and getting to the destination in case anything was to possibly blow up the following day if you were going on that one day. So but we had a little bit of that way back in 08, 09, I think from memory when 
we used to go down and play Tasmania down there, and yep. even though that's only an hour by plane, of course, but by the time you get to the airport and do all that sort of stuff, and then what happens when you get to the other end with getting your bag and a bus to wherever you're going. So, no, from what I've canvassed the players on, and they're obviously the most important ones in this, they seem pretty excited about it, and even a few of them have said, oh, do you think we might be able to stay up there uh, the night of the game and make our own way back? So, again, they're seeing what they can utilise it for, but as also, too, you'd be well aware that we have all our list either work or go to university, so mm. it is a little bit different to having a full-time AFL involvement. So, But we'll adjust as we always do, and we'll hopefully, wherever we fly to, It'll be a bit of a hit-and-run mission, and we'll get the four points, tuck it in the briefcase, and then get back to Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure some of the boys are already planning on, uh, on what their their night outs might look like on the Gold Coast or at uh, King's, <laughs> King's Cross when you play Sydney. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, <laughs> what I don't know doesn't hurt me, I guess. <laughs> how much uh, How much were, were the clubs affected during... I know you can speak mainly from Port Melbourne perspective, but even broadly across the league. How much do you know about um, how clubs were affected in, in 2020? Was it was it a harsh thing? Was was everything just frozen for for the for the year, or how much you know how 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 close did it get? I suppose for some clubs. Yeah, look, it was pretty much frozen. As I mentioned before, we were aiming to play our practice games in early to late March, as we had been doing for however many years, and of course, then we sort of got wind that something was up, and I think we we're due to play. Casey out at Cranbourne and anyway Melbourne AFL decided to pull all their AFL players out of that game so then that was not doable from that point of view so we had that weekend off and then we went to training as we normally would early the next week and of course then we got told no it was all done and dusted the season so we were hopeful that something was going to change and it did a little bit later on we ended up training for about a month in early June, but then by the time we got to the end of June, they said, no, it'll be all too difficult. It was in lockdown and, yeah, it just wasn't going to be. So I guess we're on a even keel with a lot of other clubs. The only players that did play would have been those that were playing for their AFL teams or in their little scratch matches or match sims type stuff in the hubs. But we don't think we're too far away from where we'd like to be. But... Look, it does hurt when you have something taken away from you and all the guys that have been playing a really good level of footy for a lot of lot of years, even if you go back to probably their junior days as well or even back to their home club leagues, whether that be Vaffa or Eastern or Essendon or wherever it may be, there was just no football at all. Mm. So, again, I know I probably took a little bit of time to adjust because it was the first time in almost 42 years where I hadn't had any involvement at a high level. So you look at your weekends and you're thinking, geez, is this what it's going to be like when you retire? But uh, certainly we've all missed it and we're all very, very excited that at this point in time anyway, it looks like things are uh, yeah, going in a positive fashion. And so the club off the field as well is is stable? Yeah. Yeah, it is, Jordan. We, we posted a bit of a profit. So again we wouldn't want to be put in a position where you don't have any income streams coming in because we do rely a lot on membership, which all clubs do, and then obviously gate receipts. And, of course, our other sponsorship, we signed a a very, very good sponsorship deal with the CFMEU, ETU, for three years. 
So that was extremely, I guess, um, loved from our point of view. And I think there's a lot of similarities between what we do and what the CFM, the UETU do as well, engaging with the community and with their members and the average age, I think, from their membership of over 20,000 is around about 32 years of age. You know, we have a membership... Uh, obviously nowhere near that. You know, we're probably at our best be about 1,200 or 1,300, but even our average age of our playing group now, with the list being 40, we're actually got an average age of 22. So both organisations are pretty young. So, yeah, the club's done a lot of work to try and shore up what the future will be and how long that is. Well, again, there's always that uncertainty, I guess. You can't look too further than 12 months or two years down the track. But we'll keep doing what we do, Jordan, and that's trying to be successful, win premierships. It's in Port Melbourne's DNA. So, again, we'll be going as hard as we possibly can. But, no, all things are looking pretty solid for the club, both on and off the field, which is pleasing. That's very good. Gary is uh, Port Melbourne VFL coach with us here on SCN. There's been a couple of uh, new rules and regulations that have that have been brought in and will be trialled this season in the VFL, including... Uh, the introduction of, uh, of undrafted players, a, a, you know, uh, maybe a stronger pathway link between the NAB League and the VFL, uh, a, a certain quota of under-22 aged players on game day. How do you think all of this will, will add up into what the quality of the VFL will be uh, on the field and, and how it also acts as a pathway to the AFL? Yeah, I think it's a good pathway, to be honest, Jordan, because if we can groom, educate, nurture, promote any youth that goes on and plays at the highest level that they possibly can. I think that's only great for the individuals, but also, too, for the teams. It adds a bit of credibility to what your program is, I believe, and we've been able to do that for quite a number of years now. The new rules, well, again, we haven't seen them at all. There's obviously been a fair bit of talk about the ability to just stand on the mark now and not move, and, again, I've always felt the 50-metre penalty is a pretty harsh penalty for that particular infringement and maybe and I did suggest this at the time that being a new rule at VFL level that we could maybe have a 25 metre penalty rather than a 50 metre penalty Mm. but then of course that may then end up being a little bit too confusing overall and the ability of when it's a boundary throw in or a slow point that's being kicked by the opposition we then have to have three of our forwards inside 50 with one of those forwards inside the goal square. So I'm happy to trial anything and try anything. I'd rather look at it as a positive than a negative. And again, if we're going to be able to manipulate more scoring, and this may help that, again, I think that can only be good for football and also to the public because they want to see high scores. I don't think they want to see the, the really low-scoring defensive games that maybe have been out there and coaches will coach to always look at the rules and then see how they can potentially manipulate them to winning. And again, you'll do what you have to do at any stage to try and win a game because that's what it is, a business of winning and losing. So, But I'm all for it, uh, to be honest, Jordan. And again, we haven't seen anything yet. Mm. So maybe we should be talking, you know, in a month or so's time and get a little bit more of a sample size on how they're actually going. Have you tried those out in, in practice matches, though, especially the one with the, the three players inside 50? Have you given that a run in, in any scratch matches at training? 
Yeah, we have, because obviously we want to do it right. Yeah. So, of course, the, the more training that you can do. And we've had the umpires down from the VFL as well, so they've been terrific in explaining the rules and actually umpiring our scratch matches as we speak. So I think that's another great learning tool for our boys and also to the umpires because they have to obviously implement it in the games. And let's be honest, if we didn't have the umpires, we probably wouldn't have a game. So we've got our very first practice match this Sunday against Williamstown so it'll be nice to actually see how they do work and what the right sort of setup is whether it does open up the game I guess I've only seen a few of the little bits and pieces of the practice matches at AFL level and overall there seems to be a little bit more scoring involved and whether that's fatigue too because obviously the quarters are longer that's not going to affect us because obviously we've had always the quarters being the same amount of time so again but I'm really looking forward to it because again the overriding thing is that we just haven't played any footy for 13 months. So once we get out there and have a look at it, then again, we can get some uh, data and see exactly how it works. Last one, Gary. You've uh, you've got, well, one of the big signings that you've got uh, joining you this season is one of your former players, Sam Dwyer, who now joins the coaching staff. Uh, Collingwood fans might remember him from his uh, three-year spell at the Pies, but he's been a Port Melbourne boy through and through outside of his AFL career. How's it, how's it been having him on the coaching staff and what does he bring to the side? Yeah, oh, look, it's been terrific, Jordan. He's actually been there for a couple of years, to be honest. And again, the thing that I love about a lot of the Port boys and, and Sam is that they want to give something back to the club. And I think that speaks volumes of the character of an individual like Sam. He's got a fantastic footy IQ and he understands the game. He's had success, obviously, at Port Melbourne. He's played at the highest level just on 50 games. So for me, surrounding myself with guys that I've probably coached most of their adult life and then want to come back to the borough and give something back, but also to potentially look at a little bit of putting the toe in the water from a coaching point of view. And if I can mentor or help, I love doing that sort of stuff. And it might not necessarily be something that Sam does long-term, but he's been terrific in the box. He sees the game really, really well. He's actually going to be coaching the midfield this year Mm -hmm. and I'm sure he's going to do a wonderful job and he's got a great rapport with the boys within our group and I think that's important. And myself, I guess, getting a bit older with the old grey hair now, surrounding myself with a lot of younger guys, it makes me feel young and and invigorated as well. So, yeah, no, he's a great little operator, Sammy, and, um, yeah, I love working with him. Uh, Gary, good luck for the season ahead. Hopefully the borough go well, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be watching on with uh, added interest this year on the in the new format uh, with the interstate teams and the VFL. Good luck. Uh, thanks, Jordan. Thanks very much for your interest, mate. Gary Ayres, the head coach of Port Melbourne in the VFL with us here on SEN. Don't forget, you can head to portmelbournefc.com.au and be part of the borough in 2021 with a VFL membership. Gary Ayres, hopefully there is more success. I'm sure there's there's always um, everyone who, even if you do follow uh, an AFL club that has a reserves team, it will, in the VFL in particular, you always sort of on the side, you barrack for the standalone clubs, the ones that, are, that aren't affiliated with uh, with an AFL team. So a couple in there, Port Melbourne's obviously one of them, Werribee and Williamstown, two of the other big ones. Uh, Coburg, Frankston, Northern Bullants, and now the, the new Queensland teams in Aspley and Southport as well, standalone in the VFL. We'll take a break. We'll come back after this. 0433 98 11 16. Your favourite sports ads on TV. 
Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91 91.